0: just how it's all organized. If if you could go back in time and do their Zero to Hero program, you know, starting off at your private, would you do it that way? Or do you like that you did your private on your own at the mom and pop before you went to the big box school?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I would probably go to ATP. I'll be honest, like, but I, I would have done it. I wouldn't have gone to college. If I really knew what I wanted to do, I would have went from yeah. high school to ATP. And right now, I would have been you know at the regional or I could have been at the majors by now. I graduated in (laughs) 20 You're
0: you're not exaggerating (laughs) too much. Hello, welcome back to the Pro Pilot Playbook podcast where we bring you the Tips, tricks, hacks, and shortcuts to get you into the cockpit of a jet faster and cheaper. Episode sixty-three today. Another interview session, and uh, I think this is gonna. I say this every episode, but this is gonna be a good <laughs> one. This is gonna be. This is gonna answer a lot of the questions out there for you guys who are on the cusp of starting training and realizing your local flight school is swamped, and you're only gonna be able to do the exact opposite of what Mike and I are always saying, which is fly every day. And you're figuring out you can only do it once a week because your flight school is just overwhelmed. And uh, Mike, you want to yep. introduce our
3: guest today? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, we ha- our, our special guest today is Jamal Orr. He's uh, uh, starting his career, not starting his career in aviation, starting his career in flying. And, uh, you know, he has a YouTube channel. It's just starting out. It's called uh, uh, Jamal the Pilot. And is that right? Right. Yep. And, uh, I came across his, uh, I was searching for some information on ATP and we'd love to have someone from ATP on the show, uh, but they're so busy. They haven't, uh, gotten back to us, but I think we'll be able to do that pretty soon. But his video was so good and, and the, the, it's a 15 minute video and we'll link it to this on there, but his Journey is really exactly how Sean and I recommend you do it. You know, starting to get a job at the airport, even though you're not a pilot, networking, finding the financing, and then doing your flight training as fast as possible. Accelerated training. Yes. Yes. So when I saw his video, I'm like, we got to have this guy on. So, uh, Jamal, welcome to the Pro Pilot Playbook podcast. Thank you so much. So why don't yeah. you give
0: us, uh, give us, give us your story, man? How'd you even uh, figure out you liked airplanes? Start. Yeah, there. yeah. Let's
3: start at the very beginning. You're from the great city of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. The long time. <laughs> so
2: I'm gonna start from the beginning. So, I, like I said, I grew up in, in Fort Lauderdale. Actually, I was moving all around. My mom's in was in the Marine Corps. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I was born in Japan, raised a little bit in California, then I moved to Florida, and that's when I kind of started to really. Find myself because that was the last time I moved. So I asked okay. friends and you know meet people with similar interests as me. So what a, like what
3: age? High school age is that when you got to Fort Lauderdale?
2: I middle school. So all through elementary school, I moved around pretty much every single year. So I okay. never got down. You know, find a sport that I really liked. Found any hobbies? It was kind of
3: just school, home. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. You know. Yeah. So yeah what what I- part of Fort Lauderdale were you in?
2: Do, are you familiar with the Sunrise? and Yeah.
3: Plantation? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the, where I'm from. I've been yeah. to a show at that Sunrise Am- Amphitheater. Yeah, that's a nice yeah, area out
2: there. Got everything down there. They got the Panthers Stadium, I believe. Um, I don't know if it's still the hockey stadium, but they change it pretty much every year. It was like the BB&T Center one year, then they changed it. But-
3: yep, yep. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, so you got your roots together, and then were you into flying into airplanes then? Did you build models and things like that, or were you?
2: Uh, that's that's a great question. You said models. Yep. I got into origami really oh. I, I got an origami set for christmas um uh, because like i said i i was just into random things i never really found something i was i was dedicated to so i got into origami that led to me building like a whole bunch of crazy things you know i was making like balloons out of paper it was crazy uh,
3: crazy paper airplanes i know where this is going yeah right? and that's what it led to. Like,
2: <laughs> i was i was watching youtube videos i, I was a youtube kid and uh I Started to see like people making fighter jets out of paper, which was insane. So I started trying to do that. I never got to make one,
1: it was just too hard. <laughs>
2: but that's what got me into planes because then I was like, okay, how can I make this fly? How can I? Because I was already making, you know, frogs, roses, uh, jewelry boxes that are made out of paper, uh, balloons. I was yeah. making paper, and yeah, I got into planes. So Crazy enough, I started checking out aerodynamic books at my middle school library to see how like how do planes work? You know, how can I get my paper plane to fly like that? Yeah. the pound plane in the sky. So yeah. uh, that's how I really kicked off. Um, started checking out books and then that led to checking out like a history of aviation books, history of like um like military jets, so like way back to like the radial engines. That's what I and I was starting to learn every spec of every plane. And man, that's when I really fell in love was middle school, but I didn't actually start flying until I got to college because all throughout high school, I kind of forgot about it. I thought I was being a nerd. So I tried to do cool stuff. You know, uh, I I was, you know, trying to be popular hanging out with the cool kids and I, aviation kind of just fell in the back burner. Uh, never thought it was possible to afford flight training. Um, I just I thought it was so intangible, so right. I just put it back for so long. Um, another thing that's crazy, I was using this app. It's called Infinite Flight. Uh, it's just it's on the app, and me and some friends off of online created a Facebook page and it started growing. And so we created like our own community playing online on that flight. When I was in middle school, we got a huh. app called so it's a radio app. Uh, and you could use it as ATC, and it's based off of Wi-Fi, so anyone around the world can use this app. And oh, that's so, cool! Yeah, we had people acting as ATC. We we're flying like actual SIDs and stars and approaches, airport infinite infinite
3: flight. Flight, I gotta look that up. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's infinite flight, and I didn't have the money to know get X plane or anything, so it was just a little five dollar app on the, app, the, the Apple Store. So yeah, yeah, that's when it really got serious and. But like I said, I I thought I was being a nerd at the time. So I kind of just forgot about it when I went to high school. Yeah. So it's a long story, but I'm going to just keep on going. No, 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 man.
3: That's what we're doing, man. We, we got the 30 minute or 15 minute video that you put out. We want to deep dive into this. man. Right. Because
0: as you're sitting here rattling through your story, you know, there's other people watching this that are completely connecting with what you're
2: saying.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's what really got me deep dive and really playing Infinite Flight with those friends. And yeah, we had a Facebook page. We were, had airport diagrams. I had everything. It was kind of crazy. Like, it was at the time, Charlotte was my favorite airport because it was so complex. But yeah. now, Charlotte, like, sucks, which is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just loved it so much. Um, so yeah, high school, I forgot about it. Then it wasn't until college. I actually went to college to study in health science.
3: Okay. uh, Why'd you pick
2: that? Honestly, it was just what was around me in high school. Right. Everyone, they wanted to be nurses, doctors, um, physical therapists. It was dentists. It was just the thing. Like, the medical field, I don't know why, but in high school, at least when I went to it, it was, like, pushed heavily. It just seemed like the easiest route to do. Uh, Right. Yeah, that's what it was. So um, I went to Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, to – study health science and I was there on a band scholarship too. Yeah, I didn't mention that. But yeah, I was in the band off high school too, um, playing snare drum. And that's how I got my scholarship to go to college. And oh, cool. So I got my scholarship before I even got accepted. So once I got my scholarship, I was like, OK, what do I pick now? Like, <laughs> what major do I pick? So, yeah, it, it kind of just fell in my life. I was like, boom, health science. It's easy. Um, gotcha. So yeah, I that stuck with it all throughout college. Didn't give up even though I hated it. <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> it sucked, and it wasn't until my third year, um, after the whole um, 2020 pandemic, all that stuff happened. I was, well, you like,
3: were in college, the was,
2: lockdown I, and all that. Mm-hmm, that was my second year of college. So, oh man, happened, and I was kind of just sitting around, uh, working random jobs. You know, I worked at like Jimmy John's, UPS. Um, I did a, I did a whole bunch of random jobs during that time because. You know, I had nothing else to do. Uh, classes were online, right? And it wasn't until what was that uh, summer of 2021? My mom came up and we went on a road trip to uh, what was that Panama City? Uh, so it's it's not that far from Tallahassee. Yeah, mm-hmm. road trip. And that's my mom was asking me. She was like, "So what are you going to do? You know, it's your it's your third year, and like you don't have any plans." And you know, I feel like everyone's parents do that when they're in college. You know, I oh mean,
3: yeah. The, <laughs> the pressure's on,
2: right? Yeah, the pressure's on. it's my third year saying she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. I don't like my major. Uh, like, I don't know what to switch my major to because I'm in my third year is I honestly like I was just lost at the time and I told her I was going to do trucking. Um, I it was just a random thing that just popped in my head. I was like, I'm going to go with driver. You know, they make a lot of money Yeah, uh, the road and, you know, it's stable. And she was like, "Why do you? She was kind of like, Why do you want to be a truck driver? Like, you're in college. You got. To, you're getting the health science degree. You're a great kid. You're in band scholarship. All this and that."
3: And I was like, "I don't know. It's
2: just something about. It. I just want to do trucking." And so I thought about it. That was on the way there to Panama City. On the way back from Panama City, I kind of was just thinking like, "My mom thinks I'm dumb. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, <look> that. <laughs> So I thought I of another idea. I was like, "Hey, mom." I'm gonna go to flight school. I'm gonna follow my childhood dreams. I was like, I'm gonna become a pilot. Uh, I'm gonna finally do it. She's like, you just told me you wanna be a truck driver. Like, what are you talking about? So I was like, just trust me with this one. I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna be successful in it. And, and just trust me, I promise you. I was like, you don't have to put any money down. He's like, I got the money. I was like, don't worry about it. Cause she's already, you know, put some money into my college. Um, she's right. already done my books, my apartment. She's already done so much. Um, right. Like, I, got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Just let me do my thing. And yeah. so that's, all started was June twenty. Uh, well, you cut when, out June. June when? June twenty twenty one.
0: Twenty twenty one. All
2: right. Yeah. So that's that's when. um, uh, Yeah, that's when I knew when I when I said it to my mom. That's when I knew I had to do it. Like I couldn't let her down. Like I said, she's a marine, so she's very strong. <laughs> she's 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 tight. She's, you say it, you're gonna do it, you know what I mean? Like she's she doesn't mess around.
3: So. She's probably been around a few pilots too, being in the Marine Corps and all that. Yeah. And around aviation, you know.
2: Yeah, especially uh, when we we're in Japan. I'm sure she was around a lot of pilots because it's like naval airways, air force. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't think you want to cross a marine mom. Ed, that sounds like trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, we, was it ca-
3: kind of at that moment when w- you were like, well, I'm gonna i I'm gonna focus on doing this and use the resources that you had to to start getting involved in aviation, right? Is that kind of...
2: Yeah. Honestly, I didn't have any... I mean, the only resource I had was the internet. Like, I didn't know anyone that
3: was flying. Uh, right. Only thing I
2: was really tied into was, like, the airplane spotter pages on Instagram. That was my only still tie. I still followed a little bit because I still love the aesthetic of planes all throughout high school and college. But yeah. I was still kind of out of tune on how to actually do it because, like I said, I was just in love with the aesthetics, like I never knew, okay, you need to do a solo. You need to do a cross country. You need this. You need a private pilot. I had no idea. I thought it was just trained to get your commercial and go to the airlines. So I still didn't know what I was going to do. So once I said it, that's when I got home from Panama city, I did the research. Um, I got a job at the airport uh, because I was like, I could leave work and go fly or I could go fly and go straight to work. Which airport? It was uh, Tallahassee International Airport. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: okay. So you, that you're starting your private.
2: Yep, starting my private in Tallahassee. Okay. So,
3: yeah. So you were paying for that out of pocket then? With yeah, the my
2: my uh, working on the line at a, I was working at Millionaire FBO. At oh nice. Yeah. yeah. So for my what fourteen bucks an hour, I was basically flying once a lesson every two weeks, or one lesson every two weeks, or maybe like twice a week if I wanted to splurge a little bit, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's expensive, man. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, so uh, you, were it, you starting to kind of network and you were meeting more pilots and everything because you're working at the FBO, right? Were you?
2: Yeah, I was I was networking with everybody I could. Uh, I always kept on hearing, oh, you know, you're a private pilot. Don't worry about it now. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But I just kept on talking, you know? Like, yeah. I, was, I was meeting, you know, a whole bunch of NetJets guys, uh, a whole bunch of FlexJet guys, uh, medevac guys like i was networking with helicopter pilots um you know just regular guys that are weekend warriors i guess you call them that just pop out their plane i was yeah. talking to them. every every plane i touched i was like hey i'm working on my private pilot about to go do my solo and it's it's crazy because everyone seems like, super excited when you tell yeah. them that yeah. you get and they're almost more excited than like anyone that you would
0: talk to it about yeah yeah. some of that is you know i remember you know you you remember certain aspects of your training like your whole like your first solo and you know all that stuff is super exciting when it's brand new and that's like branded into your brain you know still today i think about that Yeah, i remember my first solo going around the pattern uh you know we were doing touch and goes it was out in rapid city south dakota and i had that microphone on the cable, I like swing it around, woo, you know.
2: <laughs> That's
3: <laughs>
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I, man, the so cool. How
3: people, about, what about, I bet you had a, it was a little overwhelming for me at first when I got a glimpse into this private jet world and you're like, holy cow, people are really uh, rolling around like this. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell
2: you, my whole thought process it was when I started first getting into planes in middle school, I was like, I know a lot. I'm reading these books. I know a whole bunch.
3: Then I got
2: into Infinite Flight and I started learning about, you know, the approach plates and all that. And I was like, I don't know anything. But now I know a lot.
3: You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I could go fly a jet, you know? And then I got into working at the FBO. I'm like, I know nothing about aviation (laughs) because there's just this whole world. I was just focused on the airline side. And when you get to the private side, you realize, like, you have, like, catering. You have, two different types of fuel, you know, like you have right. uh, the icing, you have chalks, you have to chalk the planes, you know, you have, I didn't know you had the the lab, like, right, like right, yeah. this is my job, but on the ramp, it's, you do so much, and you learn so much. It's like, people think it's kind of a job where it's like, I don't know, working in a warehouse, you know, something where if you're behind the scenes, nobody's gonna really care, but you have a, a lot of responsibility working on that
3: ramp. Uh, oh, totally! And you got to know how to fuel the air, all these different planes properly, and how they work, and yeah,
2: yeah, you have to know everything. You uh, know, we've I've seen incidents before. You know, people have wrecked some of these jets. You know, towing the planes and having the wing walker at night or something.
3: Yeah, r- right.
2: More knowledge on the ramp.
3: Not the any- guy says he wants, you know, set uh, eight hundred pounds of fuel, and you put in eight hundred gallons, <laughs> yeah. be a problem, You know, yeah, yeah, you got to be careful for sure. You, you really it's yeah,
2: it's an important job. But like I said, uh, man, I've met so many people, uh, so much people. It That was the most that was the best job I ever had. You know, <laughs> so
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did that, oh. did that for a year. Like I said, I was talking to everyone down to the helicopter pilots, asking them for advice because uh, we're all here. The book knowledge is pretty much all the same all the way around. It's just you no know, the skill of flying the aircraft. That's what's different. So right, like yeah. You
0: talk to all these people. That's what Mike and I are always, you know, pushing on the networking thing. You know, as you talk to these people, you hear some of their stories. You pick up this little tidbit here, this little tidbit over there, and you know goes together into it, something that makes sense. But so yeah. you're working on your private. Did you maintain that uh, once every two week schedule throughout the whole thing, or because that that I, seems like a a recipe for uh wasting a whole bunch of time and money
2: (laughs) it it sure was i'll tell you that i i ended up spending 17 grand on my private which is
0: oh my goodness a lot of money
2: and pretty much i every every dime i made at millionaire went straight into flying so i was flying every two weeks it wasn't until i got to my cross-country flights to where i started flying once a month um because that was like $500, $600 a flight, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: they are longer. It's not the one-hour lesson, you know. Now right. you're taking, you know, it's
3: right. an yeah. it, airplane. So, so you I, soloed and everything there uh, going yeah, on.
2: Yeah, I sold at 24 hours, 25 hours. Yeah, that's uh, really good.
3: So, yeah.
2: I thought it was bad because I was on Instagram. And people were like, oh, "I soloed in nine hours. And it's like,
0: how? How did well, those you?" Because even- they're flying every day. Those are the guys yeah. flying every day mostly
3: did you solo at the tallahassee airport yep i did i completed my whole private
2: at the tallahassee um solo there and it was amazing especially once i got to you know fly solo by myself the first thing i did was go right along that coast
3: (laughs) oh yeah yeah, buddy
2: but that was the first thing i did was do my maneuvers right along that coast and it, it was so inspiring because it's like man i could get paid to do this one day and that's what I, the setting was everything to me. It, that's what motivated me. It's like, man, I'm paying to do this, but I know one day I will be getting paid as much as I'm getting paid, paying per hour to do the same
3: thing. You know? Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's what awesome, man. Me. So
0: you finished, when did, when, how long ago did you get your private then? So you started June, 2021.
2: And I got it. I, I got my private on June, June, 2023. Yeah. It was a year. It was pretty much a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did my Discovery flight in June, but I didn't start my actual lessons to August. So I guess
3: it's like 11 months ish, but pretty much a year. Yeah.
0: Oh, a, year. And then, a year. You got your private in one year.
3: And yep. then you graduated, right? Is that what- yep. uh, Yeah,
2: graduated. So I got my private in June 2022. And honestly, I'm telling you, that whole school year was brutal because I was taking full workload like, not playing any games, especially that spring semester. I I was taking, I believe, uh, like twenty one credits, and in college, and I was flying full time and I was working full time. So wow, uh, like it was. You're just, a hustler, man. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was go go go, and like I was still trying to have a social life because I'm in a fraternity too. So I was okay. still, you know, social
3: life being active, and
2: it was it beat me down. So you were
3: sleeping like four hours a night, man.
2: I went, I went, had a whole day of work and flying, studied a little bit, went out to a party and like the next morning I was up fueling uh, Delta before they leave at 4 a.m. Like, so it's like, I wouldn't even sleep some of these days. Like That's awesome. I seen the vision, you know, I was like, if I could do that, I could do anything, you know, like working, uh,
3: well, how many hours
2: a week do you guys work? Like maybe like 20, maybe
3: (laughs) Of actual
0: work or be gone,
3: maybe twenty maybe. flying very little. I mean,
0: I keep myself I like, busy with all I, kinds of
3: stuff, but yeah, yeah if I could do that, I'm pretty sure I could be
2: successful in the job. So, yeah, I graduated in December 2022. So that final semester, that's when I had my breaking point. I was like, I can't work anymore. I can't fly anymore. Like, I just had to focus on school because my grades were not the best. I was getting like barely getting B's and getting C's and I was like, I can't do this. My GPA is like barely hanging on to a 2.5. Uh, and I, I couldn't drop out. That wasn't an option. So I had to leave out all distractions. I, my wasn't active in my fraternity anymore. I stopped working at the airport. I stopped flying. I kind of just was like, focus on school, get out. Um, so yeah, I, my whole last semester, I, I grinded it out 18 credits. Um, finally graduated. <laughs> that was the best time of my life. Right oh then. yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, that's the, good. You
0: have the ability. I've said for years that, you know, the thing that makes the difference of whether you're going to make it or not, actually my direct quote is how do you tell a good pilot from a bad pilot? And, and that is his or her ability to distinguish what's important from what's not important. Wow. And uh, yeah. that's, that's what you did in that situation. Mm-hmm. You shut it all down. <laughs> finish up the school properly
2: right. yeah that, that's what important like you know you got to finish what you start and like the flying was fun like that's where my true passion is at but
3: uh, i you yeah. telling the story i can remember when i finally finished uh college and you know i had a two-year degree in aviation then i got a four-year degree in business i finally finished the last class and you know i was doing all that flying on top of that and i was thinking man now all I have to do is focus on airplanes, man. You know, yeah. it was yeah. such a good feeling because, yeah. you know, you you were doing all that college stuff that you didn't want to do and flying mm-hmm. was really where your heart was. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah it really is a great feeling. <laughs>
2: amazing. Especially because people know that you fly and they're always asking you about it. And it's like, it just sucks because you got to go home and study like this right. society. And I'm studying like drug abuse and, all these crazy health science classes. And it's like, I really don't
3: care chemistry. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're anatomy. right. But
2: yeah. So I graduated. That's when it honestly got tough. That's why I don't talk about in my last video.
3: Yeah. I, I
2: was down bad um, after graduating Cause I didn't have any job. You know, I only had my private, couldn't go anywhere with
3: that um but you totally completed your private and then yeah. you had a four year degree also yeah yeah all yeah. oh, yeah. great so but yeah. there was no you didn't know what to do or what to apply for or what right
2: uh before I graduated I was still trying to get jobs in health science because I realized like man I kind of just wasted this last year and not focusing on like on getting a job which is what everyone else was doing they're doing internships they're doing this this and that right and yeah my final semester i started to apply to health and safety jobs honestly the last like two months of my 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 semester i finally started applying to jobs So you were
3: thinking i'll get a real job to make enough money to finish my flight training that
2: that, right i could get a job with my degree get at least 50 grand
3: a year that means i could put 10 to 15
2: grand into flying every year, which was, I got my private in 17. So I was like, okay, if I do the math, all I have to do is work this job for three years, maybe four. Yeah. I'll have all my ratings and I'll be good to go. Uh, so, but I couldn't get the job. I I didn't have the OSHA 30 certification. I had the degree, but I didn't have that certification to get a health and safety job. So I I was applying to hundreds, probably yeah, hundreds of jobs. I probably applied over like five hundred jobs within like two months. Be honest, like I was just in, like
3: going in, in, anywhere in the U.S. or were you were you willing to US, move over?
1: U.S.
2: I was applying because UPS has this job in like Turkey, a uh, health and safety uh, specialist. And I was applying to jobs like that. I was like, just oh, take wow. me. I'll, I'll go anywhere. What's OSHA
0: Thirty? What is this? Another schooling you gotta go to or something to yeah. get a certification?
2: It's, yeah, it's um Occupational Safety and Health Association.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know what OSHA is, but this OSHA, oh, uh, whatever it is. OSHA 30. It,
2: yeah. It's basically just a certification that allows you to enforce the regulations, I guess, or it gives you the knowledge about it. I want to say enforce, but yeah, it equips you with the knowledge to go into the workplace and say like, Hey, I I know about health and safety. So hire me. Right. That's basically
0: it. So now you're at this next precipice. Like, all right, am I going to go get this OSHA certification?
2: Yeah, and, or am
0: I gonna shovel my chips chips in on this uh, flying?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. I was I was lost. I'll be honest. And um, yeah, so I graduated December 9th, so I was sitting on my butt for about three months working. I ended up getting a job at Five Guys Burgers, flipping <laughs> burgers with uh, you know, like the degree in my hand. And uh, that was one of the humblest experiences I ever had. Is yeah, you know, having education and being around people who don't have education, right. but you put that over their heads, especially like right. I remember I mentioned I have my pilot license when I was on the job and everyone was like, dude, what are you even doing here? Like they like, they're like, what are you doing here? That's like, everyone everyone's asking questions. They're like,
1: yeah. Cause when I did the interview,
2: I didn't tell them about all my high success. Cause one thing my mom told me was like, Hey, don't usually if you go into a lower job, like working at a restaurant, don't tell them you have all this and that. Cause sometimes they'll be like, they won't hire you because right. you're way above. So I didn't mention that I had my degree or have my pilot license in the interview. So when I mentioned everyone was blown away. But you know, I like I said, I started humble myself. I couldn't act like I was better than anyone. Um and yes, yeah, to this day, I'm still cool with my supervisor there. I follow him on
3: Instagram, he's a great oh, guy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. So all right. So I'm I'm gonna get it off in tandem. So you are you're,
3: you're no, no, so you're at five guys. Yeah. Uh, and you you mentioned in your video regarding the five guys thing that it, it actually was a humbling experience. Y'all, you you might yeah. recommend it to people actually because it kind of yeah. regrounded you, right? Because you're yeah. in college, you're doing all these things, you're kicking uh, ass, man. You're doing your solo and all this stuff. Then it's all done, and now you're at five guys. You know, yeah,
2: at <laughs> five guys cutting potatoes at seven in the morning, like hand by hand, like you we hand cut potatoes, hand smush the patties. I, I do like their
0: fries, man. There's a reason. Yeah, it's, it was fresh <laughs> yeah. cut.
2: Woo. That's that labor. You paying for the labor. <laughs> right. but, so how long yeah.
3: were you there for?
2: I was there for two months. So I finally got a job. So this, during the time I was working at Five Guys, I kind of had something click on my head where I was like, okay, just go back to working at the airport. I was like, what are you doing here? Just try to get a job. Right. Back at-
3: but and where was the five guys at Tallahassee? Or are you back in yeah, Fort Lauderdale? I was,
2: yeah, I was still in Tallahassee. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. And um, yeah, I never left Tallahassee. That was the thing. I like, I couldn't. I told myself I can't go back home. You know, I, I have to keep on going forward, keep on growing. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I started thinking I it, like, just work back at the airport. So I started applying at higher-paying FBOs. You know, in other states. You know, most like like up like north, like like White Plains. Like they pay like twenty bucks an hour up there. I was in Fort Lauderdale. Or, or like the guys out in um, like Dallas or Denver, where I'm at now, or LA. Like they're paying good money where I was getting 14 to do the same job. So right. I applied to those jobs. Um, and I wasn't hearing back from them because I just needed a response quick. So I was I was just suing out applications. And then something finally clicked. I was like, what about airport operations? Uh, I was like, you see them every now and then, but I don't know what they really do. So I started applying to Airport Ops jobs. I, I applied to like uh, Lakeland Airport Ops. I was applying to like, Fort, Fort Myers Airport Ops. I was applying everywhere in Florida. And I finally got the one for Tallahassee, I got an interview. I applied to Tallahassee three times, and they denied me three times or two times. And they finally get that last interview. And uh, they're like, yeah, we want to give you the job. Um, but we need you to do one more interview. It was like three interviews. They wanted me to get the job, but they're like, it's only you and another guy. And they're kind of just playing around, you know, they're, they're giving me the runaround around through like, giving me so many interviews. And after I already was like got denied so many times and in the midst of that break when they're waiting to tell me when the next interview was Midland called. Um, and they said, hey, you know, we we want you to come out. You know, you can come out whenever you're ready. You did great because I, I did that interview somewhere in like January.
3: This was like a virtual lot. interview.
2: Yeah. 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 This happened all within like December, January phase where I was applying to all these production jobs. And yeah, Midland called me back to like, hey, we want you to come out. You already did this first interview. That's good enough for us. Uh, come out here. What do you want to get paid? And they're like, what do you expect? We see on your application it says 52, but what, what what do you really want and i was like uh i
1: don't i don't know what are you offering like a <laughs> hundred and two <laughs> yeah.
2: what are you i was like what are you offering and it was like we could start you out at um what was it fifty six eight oh two. i remember the exact number oh yeah. yeah and um i was like you're like
3: I'm, i was like i'm going <laughs> that's the ticket you need now now to your credit on this a couple key things i want to take away so far that i'm get, getting here is um, um, number one, you didn't have uh, any kind of aviation degree, right? So you were able to convince these guys. You, you got an uh, art and science degree. That hey, look, I had, I know planes, I love planes, I fuel planes, I got a private pilot license, I can run yeah. an airport, right? That, so that's yeah,
2: that's exactly what happened. So, so uh, you
3: had to be pretty charming in that interview. I had to say, I will
2: tell you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, That's why why Tallahassee didn't hire me nobody else. I applied to so many airports for the ops position. But like you're saying, you have to have an aviation management degree or aeronautical science or something. Maybe they might even lean towards a business degree a little bit. But I had a hardcore science, health science degree, nothing to do with aviation. But like you said, I marketed myself. Uh, I just sold myself. You know, like you said, I was working on the ramp for a year. I got my private pilot license. I know to maneuver around the airfield. I know the signs, I know the communications, you know, I know I know a lot, you know what I mean? I just don't know part uh, 139. And that's the exact regulation on what governs airports. And okay. I really care about it's uh I believe it's TSA part 1542 and FAR part 139. And those are the regulations that keep a certified airport running. And okay. I had have- so Midland, they asked me that when they offered me a job, they're like, hey, do you know by a chance, <laughs> uh, or in my first interview, they asked me, like, do you know by a chance about part 139? And I'm honestly, I was like, sorry, I didn't act, but uh, uh, I'll go look it up. You know, I, they told me what it was and I, I wrote it down and I studied the crap out of part right.
1: 139.
2: <laughs> so they, they they really loved that. And I came prepared. Uh after when they tried to speak to me again, they were like, man, I love that you can't prepare because the people that got aviation degrees don't even know what part 39 is.
0: Right. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know about it right now, but the next time we meet, I'm going to teach you all about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Another, another thing that I'm picking up from you too, that I think is part of your success is, um, and, and, in in we get this a lot, uh, from viewers and stuff is, um, you have something that somebody, a lot of people don't have, and you're, you're willing to drop anything and move anywhere. Right. And that's a huge obstacle for people. Um, and part of it's your age, which is great, but, but there's a lot of people in your age group that they're like, I mean, you're, you, so you're, you know, and, and it might've been your background because you moved a lot as a kid. You're not scared of it, but you know, you go from Fort Lauderdale, you're in Tallahassee, you're in Midland. Now you're up in Denver when you're talking to, and this is all in like five years. Right. So um, is there something, can you comment on that to the viewers? I know a lot of people that I speak with, and and honestly, Sean and I uh, haven't moved a lot. So we're in the other category a little bit. But people tell me, professionals that I talk to, and not just in flying, but being able to relocate uh, and meet new people and new experiences are some of the best things you can possibly do, even though it's scary. I mean, what, what would you say about that?
2: Man, I would say it's... You you build your value by changing environments. That's that's what I, I believe. I yeah. So so the more you move, the more knowledge you gain, the more experiences you gain. And it just makes you a better person overall. Um, I gotcha. I, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. I went to a school and like I guess you could say the hood. So it's like <laughs> I went to people that don't really care about where they're gonna go in life. You know, I, I was surrounded by good people because I was in the band, but man, some people, they just don't care. And once you realize there's more outside of that, and like like I went to college and I realized, oh, wow, there's actually black people that want to succeed. that want to be doctors, engineers, lawyers, you know, physicians and everything. There's people that want to succeed. And then, but then I got comfortable there because I was only surrounded by black people. And when you're surrounded just by people that look like you, you don't really grow. You don't know how to communicate with other people. so. Once I graduated, I was like, man, I need to go somewhere. It might be so direct, but I need to go somewhere where the white people You know, I need to get. Out <laughs> out.
1: So, you know,
0: yeah, you, I, I don't know I, if you can get any further in Fort Lauderdale than Midland, Texas. I yeah. used to fly freight into Midland. This is the most desolate
3: wasteland. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah.
3: Well, you like, know, I, I, how I know about it is from that movie Friday Night Lights. It was all yeah. filmed.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, uh, back when I was flying, I had to do one trip. I was out of Midland. I was like the floater guy flying this caravan. And then we had another caravan in Lubbock, Texas. So mm-hmm. I rented a car and drove from Midland, Texas to Lubbock. And ah. I mean, anybody who says this country's overpopulated has not done that drive. <laughs> I didn't been- see another human being for like two <laughs> hours. It's nothing but yep. oil fields. As far as the eye can see with no trees, nope. no nothing.
2: Nothing. I don't know why. I went out there without researching. I'll be honest. <laughs> but I, I once they said fifty-six grand, I I started my bags. I started texting my mom. I was like, "Hey, I'm moving to Midland." I started doing everything. I could do, I stopped spending money, started saving for gas money, started selling my stuff. Like, I sold my PlayStation, my TV, my drum set. I sold everything to make that trip, I'll be honest.
3: So, you didn't do any uh, relocation patch or anything? You just packed your car up and drove over there and found a place to rent? Or, or is that? Yeah.
2: No, I yeah, they didn't help with recoil. They they gave me 1500 um, bucks once I got there. But they gave it to me like four weeks into the job. So, I honestly, wow. didn't help. That I, I think they should have get to me before, but
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah but, so yeah, so I packed in my bags, moved out to Midland, 18 hour drive, didn't stop once except to go pee, but <laughs> I just hammered it, went there. And like you said, if you drove around Texas, there's, it's not overpopulated from just from Dallas to Midland, there's nothing. So yeah, and it takes like six hours to get through the state <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> It is yeah, so
3: you didn't know anyone literally. Did you rent an apartment when you first got there or how did you how did you yeah. handle that? I
2: got my housing as soon as they called me, I started looking for housing. Um I found a place that would get me in within a month. Uh, they gave me the call in January, like the last week of January, and I started February like 17th or 19th. So it was almost like two weeks, three weeks that I got all my stuff together and solidified all my bills and everything. So when I moved in. I was good to go. And, like, my dad was telling me, he was, he was like, man, just go out there for a week, you know, drive around, see if you like it. And I was like, no, I'm going, like. <laughs> it's, uh, it's meant.
3: So, so here So, you are the most gung-ho to make this work possible. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, it, it still didn't go quite like you thought, right? So, describe how the job was and everything. It didn't.
2: So, yeah, I got there. Honestly, at first, I loved it. It was the best job ever. Better than working on the ramp because now I'm actually getting paid good at my salary. Um, I have benefits, you know, it was, it was great. And they, it, it just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't what I thought it was. I, I thought it was going to be more out on the ramp, you know, checking, doing more inspections. But once I actually started learn a job, it was more of you need to keep the airport running as a whole. It's not just airplanes and runways and taxiways. So we, I, I realized we started to do um, badging. When we got to badging, I was like, this is a whole nother beast. Uh, badging is difficult. Uh, cameras and security doors, like security entrances. Uh, what else we got? Parking. We had to do with parking. We had to deal with, you know, just regular calls because everyone calls the airport for anything, you
3: know. So we had Oh, to yeah. yeah. Calls.
2: Um, every, everything to keep the airport running. That's exactly what I was doing there.
3: And it was but, all your responsibility, really. All of it. Okay. thing, even
2: emergencies like aircraft emergencies, we had to we're handling those. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough job, to be honest. Who who
3: did you report to, like the government or something, or what? No,
2: what? we had uh, basically the city. The city runs oh, okay. our jobs in the city. But my direct supervisor was just the, the, the airport operational supervisor. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, we're we're governed by the city. But the FAA governs the airport, but we follow – it's weird.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: But you're you're following FAA rules to keep the airport running, though. So, yeah, like I said, Part 139 and, and TSA 1542, that's what you're governing the airport off of, and you also have your manuals like the Airport Emergency Plan and the Airport Security Plan, ASP and EEP. Uh, and oh, you've got to yeah, you yeah. you
3: gotta simulate there's a crash and all that. I mean, right. And, yeah
2: bomb threats, everything, the whole nine yards, and you're the centralized point. So I'm working hand-in-hand with law enforcement, hand-in-hand with ARF, and with TSA, airlines. We're the centralized point for everything.
3: And Sounds like a lot of work. Was it a lot it of work? Is, <laughs> it's
2: a lot of work, a whole bunch of stress, because uh, sometimes you're the only one in the office, and let's say you get uh, the the phone rings, the red phone rings, which is the emergency phone you know like, oh my gosh so like now because now you've got to answer this this emergency now you got air traffic controllers they're shooting out all this information exactly what we as pilots tell them like oh you know this many souls on board this much field on board we take all that information and we send that out to all the different resources so we send out to the we but depending on what emergency it is whether it's a c which is commercial or it's uh just a regular alert two we have to dispatch the right services so if we dispatch it wrong we could Screw everything up. If, like, yeah. if they, they sail a 737's landing with a fuel leak or I don't know, the engine's on fire, and we just doing a regular alert too, it's going to screw everything up because that means there's right. the, the amount of emergency emergency is not going to come out to handle the 737. And so right. it's a lot of pressure. um Yeah. And everything's recorded. So if you make a mistake, you know, you can be investigated. We have to do a whole bunch of reports after. So even if someone falls in the airport, you have to do a whole report because. If they sue or something legal happens, they'll come back to say, "Hey, where's where's the documents?" And if those documents are off, they're gonna be like, "You said right. come." <laughs> yeah,
3: so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you're out there. The the uh, newness, the freshness is wearing off this job, yeah. and uh, I mean, so you've been out there. When did you get out there? Uh, this year. It it was.
2: Yeah, this year I moved there February. February.
0: February. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So February twenty twenty-three. For those of you watching, it is now September twenty twenty-three. So at some point you started saying, All right, maybe I should (laughs) start looking at that instrument rating or I I mean, what was how did it go down?
2: So yeah, once once I got out there, I started to realize like I'm in aviation, but I'm not pursuing flying. You know, I, I was just working too much. And I was really tired every time I got off work. I never actually spent money on flying out while I was out there. So yeah, I, I thought about ATP. Um, my friend, he he brought ATP up to me before I left Tallahassee. And he was like, dude, I'm going. You should go. And I told him, I'm like, dude, there's no way I can get a hundred grand loan. That's right. not, There's no way I could not work for six, seven, eight months, whatever. It's just impossible. And I was like, you could do that because your parents support you and your parents will give you money. I was kind of like, you Know, I was like, you got it,
3: I support you, and everything you do is just not for me. So, and this was a guy had the same degree as you, right? From, from yeah, he has a, yeah, yeah, degree. yeah, same. Yeah. And, and like, we're
2: best friends, like, we pretty much call each other every day now because of both at ATP, and we, man, that's my guy, but uh, yeah. So, when I was in Midland, it was about month three. Month three, I was like, man, I hate this place. Uh, <laughs> I didn't work, I just, I. I just hated being in the city. There's nothing out there. It's, it sucks. You know, there's no fun. All you got is like tacos and burritos and beer. <laughs> that's, that's all Midland has. Like, Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks. Dust. <laughs> dust. Yeah. Dust. So.
3: Yeah. You're going from South Florida and California where there's anything you want all the time. Anything, yeah, you can go anywhere.
2: But yeah, Midland. Yeah. Month three is when I was like, okay, you need to figure something out because this is not, you can't do this for three years. No, you're gonna go crazy working here for three years. So I started looking at ATP. I was like, hey, let me give it a try. Let me see if it is worth it. You know, um, I hear everyone talking crap about it on YouTube and all the social media like, hey, they don't care about you, you're just a number, they're this, this and that. I'm like, okay, let me do the research for myself. So I started calling ATP, started doing the research, started you know building up a whole list of other flight schools that i can compare and i started calling left and right um yeah i was going crazy everywhere um and yeah some one thing after another here i am with atps process and they're like uh all you need is the loan and i'm like okay that's uh, (laughs) i wasn't expecting
3: i oh yeah there's always the money part (laughs) yeah always the money part so
2: because they have you do everything first. So, you, you know, you get your first class, you do this, you do that. They do what's called um, an admissions flight. And you got to go to a location fly around to see if you're fit and if like you like it and if they like you. And so I did everything on the front end. And they're like, yeah, just get the loan and you're good to Where'd go. Where would you
3: do the admission flight at in, in Midland?
2: I did it in Austin, Texas. So, oh, okay. What's yeah, that I, like? It was like, what does the admission flight consist of?
3: Yeah, was it just... Uh, yes flight.
2: with an instructor, and they just have you do maneuvers for me, since i'm I came in with what they call credit private, I had to you know basically demonstrate that I hold the skill of a private pilot. which okay. was extremely hard because I didn't fly all after I got my private. I did one flight yeah. after yeah. I got my private with the, with right. the friend um, and that was it. I didn't fly all fall. I didn't fly any spring so when I finally got there into the missions flight. I was like, dude, like I can't fly. Like I suck. But he was like, I understand. He was like, most credit private students come in. He's like, you're on a better side. Some people come in not flying after 10 years and they want to go to ATP. So you're perfectly fine. So good. That, yeah, they just do maneuvers, do take off and landings. Simple. Yeah, it's very simple. Uh, yeah. So I did that. And, and, and
3: your your cost, because you have a private's like eighty thousand or something, is that right? Or what what, what?
2: 70. Mine was 75 at the time. Now oh, it's five, eight.
3: Okay. okay gotcha. A
2: couple months. It's just, wow, yeah. We seen. had just
0: called them not too long ago and got some of these numbers. The Zero to Hero program. What was it? 97, Mike? Was that right? Uh, 103
3: or something, 103. I think, or something. Oh, no, Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's up. But, um, yeah
3: okay yeah. so Go so on. you're now you're like i gotta get the loan so they offer you two things right or something is that what yeah uh,
2: so the, they offer it to you you could either do well actually i guess three so you could do sally may meritize or a personal loan or okay. under that personal loan they'll classify that as paying out of pocket too so okay yeah so i first applied to sally may and my this was let me get the dates this is in August, april april so april this is when i'm applying for the loan um Sally Mae, they basically said i I need a co-sign. I' was we like, will accept you? you just need a co-signer like everything else checks out. uh but like once again, me just being macho, I was like,' I'm not asking my parents for money like, i I just hate it. I'd rather work for it than ask for it right so, yeah, so i i I was like, I can't do that you know I can't I can't ask anybody so I want to apply for meritized. But so meritized, does they take your GPA and your credits that you did in college and your driving record? They take more than account than just your your credit score and your credit. Oh, history.
1: great! Yeah, yeah.
2: So I had a pretty solid, you know, GPA. I mean, I graduated the two eight. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. So no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I only failed maybe like two classes in college. So I guess they took that into account that I was like a A B C every now and then student. Yeah, and I got approved the next day, which is insane. I applied for wow. uh, the max. The max is ninety six grand, I believe. Okay, I didn't want to work and I didn't want to pay for my bills out of pocket.
3: While I was oh in- okay. So, so that had- gives a- you a little a- money for housing too. Then yeah, yeah. Oh. So
0: ATP's they- a- T- walking, helping you walk through all this, right? I mean. Is
2: this- uh they do not <laughs> that's one thing right people forget uh the ATP is still part 61 so they let you do a whole bunch of stuff on your own still gotcha. they don't but their website is
0: but they are in you- cahoots they are in cahoots with these people so they're yeah,
2: it- yeah they're working together so right when, when you apply for the loan they approve you and then they basically send your loan to ATP you never see your own loan so they send it to ATP and the ATP from there disperses your loan to you
0: Gotcha.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. So the Ameritas, do they do, um, you know, I know the Sally May, they were doing, you know, like the one year deferred to last Payments
3: or something. Yeah. Do they do do
0: something similar?
2: Yeah. My contract is basically, I don't have to pay anything throughout training. And once I finish my training, I have to start paying interest of 150 bucks a month. Um, And I pay that 150 bucks a month for 18 months. Um, they they kind of say until you get to the regionals, which is you know it goes hand in hand. Eighteen months is about how much time it'll take you to build fifteen hundred hours, maybe less. But yeah, yeah, eighteen eighteen months is how how long I have to pay until I start making full payments. And my payments a month there are eleven nine ninety seven eleven hundred ninety seven.
3: Eleven hundred and ninety seven. okay, okay. So that's pretty good. Bad.
2: But because my friend in Orlando, I think his is maybe 1400 i think i don't know but it's, okay. it's, it fluctuates so i don't know what goes into it that's why i didn't touch on it that much in my last video because i know people with rates are like jacked up
3: yeah yeah out. it just depends yeah. on different factors right. yeah yeah but no that's a good rough estimate for our viewers and then how how many years do you have to pay that off you think
2: i have um it's in what it's in months i think it was oh, like okay I took the longest option i'll be honest yeah yeah yeah, yeah no 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 I, yeah that makes sense i don't it's, i don't know how, i think that's 20 years okay. cool, I, cool. 20 but if oh, you wow. take the less months the less the months there are the higher your payment is so i i took the longest one and got the lowest payment the way i looked at it is yeah i could pay more a month you know if i whenever i get to be yeah. like i don't know if i want to go to the regionals right now but wherever i job i do get flying a jet i'm at least gonna be making a minimum of, I'd say at least seventy grand or sixty oh, yeah.
3: in there. For sure. So, and I know once I hit the majors,
2: I'm making well over that. And I, when you break it down per month, you're at least making like somewhere between like six thousand and like fifteen thousand per month. So it's like you can very well commit, you know, three grand to your loan in one month just by living oh, yeah. on the other side of like your living and food and car and stuff like that. Right yeah so
0: you called let me just get this down like steps because i I'm, I'm just envisioning somebody watching this video like yeah. All right how do i how do i do this what do i what do i got to do and yeah right. so you call up atp you said i'm mm-hmm. i have my private i'm interested yeah. in joining your program i want to get through cfi whatever but yeah actually how does that work is it is is there one program or do you straight up tell them in the beginning I just want to go to commercial or I want to get my CFI and work for you. Is that decided in the beginning? How's that work?
2: So it is one program. It's two, I guess you could say. It's one outline though. So it's, you have the 100-hour multi-program and then you have the regular single engine program. But they're both follow the track of private, instrument commercial. Then you do uh, CFI. Then you come back from CFI, you do commercial multi, CFI, and then you do MEI. So, and you, you finish the program in the multi-engine. So you're doing your, um, your CFII in a multi as well. So um, yeah, it's, they, get, they get you through the whole, the whole thing. That's why I, I went with ATP. Majority of programs, they take you from private to commercial or private to just CFI. And gotcha. maybe you might get, or like maybe, but that's why all the other, other programs are so affordable. Like they're, they're looking like fifty grand, you know, sixty grand, because they're, they're yeah, not giving you all the engine stuff expensive. Tools. Yeah, they're not giving you all the tools. So that's that's why even like MEI, like MEI is a rare rating I think to get in aviation. I,
0: I don't
3: think yeah many people get there. I don't have one. Yeah, it's
0: it's I do have my MEI. Um, when I let yeah. I let my CFI expire, so when I re when oh. I had to renew it. I had to go through the whole gambit. One of the easiest ways to renew it is to add on something else. So I went down to Florida, one of these hurry up, get them done schools and uh, added my MEI on, which renewed all my, you know, CFI stuff that I had let go. But yeah, don't ever let that go. After you get your CFI, it's a little tip for you always do that FERC that flight instructor renewal course it's a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or something and it's lifetime every two years you go on there and do the little yeah. quiz online and renew it but okay yeah. so yeah um so so you get that phone calls over and you're like all right I think I'm gonna do this you call them back and mm-hmm. then they're like well that's so you went and did the flight first and then or maybe that was all in the same meeting you're like doing paperwork and they are like all right how are you gonna pay for this and then they get you going with the with the financing. The next day yeah. you're approved for financing. Then what? Is it, uh, is it like, well, you get your choice of where you're going to train? Or is it all wherever you walked in the door with and started talking to them? Or how, was there a waiting period? Like, well, we can't get you in for three months.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, how that went down, um, I'm just backtracking. So after the call, they told me everything I needed. The first thing they recommend you to get is your first class. Because, you know, if you don't have that... You, right. you can't go to basically or you might be able to fly corporate because I know. I hundred percent agree. College,
0: yeah, like, you second class with corporate. I hundred percent agree. Mike and I say that yeah. to people, you're wanting to chase this down, go get your medical early, find out if you got something going on. It's gonna, you know, yep. get you that, get
2: that medical. um and uh yeah, just make sure all the, the legal stuff is squared away, you know. So yeah, they I did all that. Got the loan, like you said, and to get a start date, um, that was rough. Because like I said, I needed housing. Uh, I I didn't want to sign a lease. That's, an, that's a whole other topic. To break my lease, I had to pay two months worth of rent and continue to pay them two months. So I ended up paying like basically five grand to move out of my apartment. So I was like, dude, I'm not signing. I can't do that again. I don't know how long I'll be in Denver. So I requested housing from them and a start date on the same exact day. So you can request any location you want in the United States. Um, yeah, any, anywhere you wanna go, they'll make it happen as long as there's availability. But like I said, there are uh, wait times, there's wait periods. So they gave me, I really wanted to do the Austin location because it was right there, it was only like a four hour drive. But they said, hey, you could start Austin in June, but housing is not available to October. So I was like, man, that's not gonna work, I, I can't do that. Uh, and not every location has housing, so, so
0: yeah. So, I was gonna add so ATP has their own housing in a lot of these locations,
2: they, they wow. have apartments that they either bought or they're renting and they'll charge you. But you, the only thing is you have roommates, which honestly wasn't a big thing to me because I went through college with roommates four years, right. so
0: so just, these are, I mean, what's the because because the money was dispersed to you you could go get any old apartment i guess these are deep discounted yeah. places i'm guessing
2: yeah, so they, they charge your housing through them all so i'm paying eight hundred and fifty dollars a month for housing with a roommate right now and it's pretty good to me i'll be honest so, you yeah know, like,
3: is it right by the airport too and everything
2: yeah i'm, I'm like 10 minutes away um from centennial uh, like, I'm, I'm right
0: that's a there.
3: nice area too around that yeah
0: area. oh yeah everything yeah that is nice it, that's like yeah new and fresh everything
3: yeah oh, yeah I like so amazing. a lot nicer the midland uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. whole, that was another thing i mean so they gave me options they said you could do uh fort myers you could do new jersey and you could do long beach and centennial and that, that all had housing and start dates on the same day and i was like man i'm not driving 18 hours back home that drive was brutal. I can't do it. I'm not training in New Jersey. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's something about up north that I just don't like. And then Long Beach, they charge more. It's like 3000 bucks more on top of the program. Because it's They're California. Training. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, the only other option is, you know, Centennial. So I said, give me Centennial. Like, I no questions. I, I didn't even Google it. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Once I get here, that's when I realized Centennial is the most busiest class Delta in the whole United States. crazy. <laughs>
3: That place (laughs) is jumping. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got here, and yeah, it it was honestly a blur. So I'm I'm sorry if I'm skipping over topics. No,
3: no, no. This fine.
2: Uh, between April and June, I started June 10th. I started the whole process in April, and I finished the process in like May. So only had to wait about a month, uh, which wasn't an issue. It got me to six months at my job, which I feel like is reasonable to stay at a job you know without looking like you just got there
3: yeah so
1: yeah
2: I, my six months and left and
3: yeah were they said, cool i mean they understood you wanted to be go flying right the people yeah, in midland
2: i said hey like
3: i i really
2: appreciate every experience all the experiences i got out here I, I won't take for granted I, i'm still cool with all the guys there It was a pretty young crew you know everybody oh, cool. was known there pretty much that worked there so yeah i yeah that was that was the best job, the second best job I ever had. <laughs> <It> was working at press, but like I, said, I learned so much. I know exactly how airports run and how everything works, and I networked there, too. And anytime a pilot came out to get their badge or, or someone, their they're parking, like uh, Southwest pilots or flight attendants came up with their parking passes, I was talking to them like, hey, like, what do you know about this? Or how was your initial rating? Or did you be a CFI? Or what did you do? And how do you like Southwest? I asked this medevac guy, like, how do you enjoy Medivac? And crazy thing is, he went to right. ATP too, um, wow. and he started telling me, "He's like, do this, do that, do this." And yeah, he had so much knowledge. But it's, you just got to open your mouth and talk to people. Um, That's going
3: to look great in an interview to an airline interview. Oh, yeah, that you oper- you, uh, you yep. managed an airport, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. right. And you, you throw out that
0: FAA Part 130 one thir- is it one thirty nine or thirty yeah. nine? Nine. yeah yeah throw that out to them i guarantee no pilot knows what the hell you're talking about
2: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it goes in depth it's it's all the way down to cracks on the runway have to be um, no more than five inches wide three inches deep at a 45 degree angle like wow. certain certain things are it's like the signs have to be frangibly mounted and if they're not frangible, they have to be within the safety area of the runway they have to be frangibly mounted and all these whole bunch of things. Notems, like I was the one issuing notems, ficons, everything, everything working that job. So now uh, that you,
0: you've gone through the whole ATP yeah. gambit. You, you're in there on the inside now, or I'm sorry. You know what? Let's save this question. Go back to, so, so you start training in Centennial. When, when did that start? Did you do the Austin thing first or you went straight Centennial?
2: I went straight to Centennial. I just did my, um, admissions flight at austin which is okay. just you know gotcha. like well i know I, you
0: said that they could get you in there earlier in austin and then move yeah, yeah so you started at centennial just uh, a few weeks ago right
2: yeah yeah pretty much just about like uh it, september just so yeah june 10th i started so yeah maybe like two months and
1: some change okay so
3: in your video you know you say you were right in the middle of a two-week ground school period that's how they start you off right so yeah talk about that and then where you're at now
2: yeah, so the first two weeks when you get to ATP, they call it Elevate, and basically it's you on a Zoom call with um, someone down in Jacksonville, and they're just covering every topic of the rating that you're going through. So whether it's private or instrument, um, yeah. So every day we covered at least like maybe four topics, um, and it was from eleven to one or eleven to two, something like that. It was like it was like three four hours every every single day. they was hammering it. Be a video. Yeah, yeah, Zoom and they have a whole printout where you can take notes on it. It's or it's, it's extremely organized, but they 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 reiterate to you that you don't need to remember everything here. It's like this is just an introduction. You don't have to, there's no test after this. This is just so once you get into the plane, you're not confused when someone says, Hey, let's shoot the ILS 3.5 right. Like, you know, yeah. You know what an ILS is, you know what it consists of. So that was extremely helpful. So, but after that, after you finish those two weeks they expect you to take your ira and your i written um that third week and so that that caught me off guard because i thought i had plenty of time it was like oh 21 days from your start day i'm like oh that's plenty of time and then i finished early i'm like wait i only have like 6 days left now <laughs> so i had to do my ira and my i in 6 days and the faa was updating the test on that next monday so i finished elates on a monday and one week they're changing the test um so I basically had to take my test between Monday and Friday <laughs> because I didn't have a week. Wow. Time.
3: Now so you
0: say uh, IRA. You're talking about the instrument written. This is yeah. what you're talking about.
3: Yeah. yeah. Now, I remember, so I, I've been to ATP for a weekend program. Uh, once I had 1,500 hours, I went down there to one of their locations at Bowling Green, Kentucky, to get my uh, actual ATP and I I did the package with the ATP written exam. And it was the same thing. I was like, man, this is I, I'm not going to make it uh, without in this time frame. And they had this software that was so shit hot, man. I mean, it was like they put me in a room in front of this computer. And then it, it just fires these questions off at you. And I, I think I sat there for like, uh, uh, I don't know, five hours maybe and went through these slides. And then I went and took the test. I got a 95. I couldn't believe it, man. Uh-huh. I mean, is that what is that how they did it with you? Yeah, we used the
2: Shepard's Air ATP. So uh, at least after private, used Shepherds Air. It's, just, it's basically an app that has the database of FAA, FAA questions. And okay. it, every time the FAA updates their questions. Okay. So, um yeah, I used that. I grinded Shepherds Air out for four days straight and just went in and took the test. But, it's, yeah, it's all about confidence. I feel like if you're confident in yourself, you you'll perform well but if you're going into tests like i don't know i only start for four days then that's when you're going to second guess all your questions and fail
3: right so, so yeah
2: you're,
0: you're deep into the uh instrument rating right now
2: yeah um, i've finished with all my instrument training I, i'm just waiting for a check ride right now
0: gotcha how many days do they allot for their instrument rating or i believe
2: it's it's like a little under two months it's okay. split it in two phases. It's like I forgot the exact numbers, but it's it's essentially two months. It might be a little bit less, but yeah, they split up. In the first phase, is instrument procedures and basic flight, and then just after your eval, then you do um, what they call like simulates uh, with uh, situations, and then you start doing situations. That's when you get into like your cross countries and your the. It, yeah, it's a lot. They they cram everything because so, you do your 300 nautical mile cross country for commercial in your instrument phase. But how they do it is you okay. depart and you go VFR to your point 300 nautical miles away. You stop at another airport so you can do your three different type of landings. And then once you land at your first, that last airport, you then take off and go to another airport, close it out and then start your IFR hours to go back. So it's like. They they got it down to a science and no, how to know.
0: That is um, one thing I love about ATP. I mean, they that they've taken because they know you're going to be there throughout all the certificates and ratings for this accelerated thing. I mean, you could go get your instrument rating in 10 days if yeah. you do the fly-in every day thing, whatever. That's mm-hmm. about as fast as you can get it, 10 or 11 days. But yeah. ATP looks at it as, well, we got these guys for Let's look at the requirements for all the certificates and what we makes sense em. to start mixing stuff in synergistically and, you know, do this you know it's not like you're getting your instrument rating and running off to go do something else you're going to be there working on your commercial so which takes 250 hours so you got to start and that long cross country so why not start mixing it in together it makes no sense to make it a race to get your instrument i like that that's good
3: so you did you did two weeks of straight ground school via video then you jump right in the plane and then for two months you're flying almost like how many days a week or what Pretty much every single day. Uh there's one, one lesson get, a day or you're going up twice a day, or
2: um, usually one lesson a day. You can fly twice a day if your instructor wants to, because that's how it works. At ATP, you don't schedule anything. It's kind of your instructor does all the work and you kind of just sit back and show up, which is nice for some people. I, I like it because working not working, when I did my private at a mom and pop, everything was on me and it was just you know, you have to look at the schedule, find out what's open. Some days, instructor's not available, what the plane is, and it's just chaos sometimes. So, do you so,
3: show up at the airport every day at the same time or something? No,
2: but you're you have we have a online system where it if your instructor schedules you, something, it pops up under your schedule, and you see exactly what you're doing. And they have things called read, view, and do's. So, you have to read a couple chapters, you have to watch a couple videos, and you got to make sure you bring whatever is required for that lesson. So. Somebody, it's,
0: yeah. Uh, how many students do you think that instructor is working with? Do you know?
2: Um, usually between like four and six, average I would say. Gotcha. Yeah. And is this
0: guy just who you're going to work with through instrument, then you're going to get somebody else, or are you going to keep with with him or her into your commercial?
2: Um, it's it changes. So they they want to okay. really get you comfortable with flying with different people. That's yeah. and that's our ATP. They treat it like you're at the airlines already so right. e- all, evals everything is like you're at the airlines like you're getting evaluated by somebody else like you're flying with somebody else every time like you know they try to get you in that mindset don't get comfortable with this guy like so every, did you
3: have the same guy throughout all your instrument training or did they switch it up
2: i had the same guy but they throw in like a standards flight every now and then
3: we're okay. where like lead
2: instructor so i've flown to like the lead a couple of times I've flown like the regional lead instructor a couple of times, and they're constantly like evaluating you to make sure that you're on top of your
3: you're game, where you need to be. Uh, yeah. I, I know the answer to this, but are you having fun?
2: Man, I'm loving it. Honestly, <laughs> I love it so much. It's it feels amazing to fly every single day. I honestly, feel like I'm already. I don't know. I feel like I'm. This is my job already. I'll be honest.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. You really went like, from working so hard just to fly once every two weeks to now. Yeah. This is all you're doing, you know. Yeah,
2: I, I love it. Like, and we're in the new. You got like the G one thousands with wasp Oh and yeah. And you know, like all this stuff. Like, I trained in you know Cherokees with like six pack and yep. you know, manual radio and like the manual transponder. Like everything's right.
0: classic. Yep. Right. It makes it right. very yeah. difficult to do your instrument rating and in, in those airplanes. I mean, yeah. those older airplanes.
2: Yeah, I would say get to anyone watching. I would say get your private in a six pack. I, just my personal opinion would be to get it, and that to understand what your what the basics good. are. You know? Because when you get into that G one thousand, it's like information overload, and yeah. you, you're learning buttons. You're trying to figure out what this button does, what, how to get to this screen, and how to plug in this waypoint. And it's just too much. That's
3: good advice. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah too much. Yeah. But if if you have the money, you know, to go train in a do you want a thousand cup aircraft by all means like go train whatever like a serious if you got the money but yeah, you don't need it I'll be honest you don't need it
1: yeah, yeah
0: that's serious wow. that's a that's a flying iPad with a parachute attached to it Yeah, real yeah. pilots <laughs> don't need parachute airplanes <laughs> silliness
1: yeah. Yeah, oh, so, uh, Jamal
0: I, I do have a question for you the question I was going to ask before so now that you're in there into ATP you see their whole gambit how they do business and um just how it's all organized if if you could go back in time and do their zero to hero program you know starting off at your private would you do it that way or do you like that you did your private on your own at the mom and pop before you went to the big box school
2: mm, i'll probably go to atp i'll be honest like I, but i would have done it i wouldn't have gone to college if i really knew what i wanted to do i would have went from sure. high school ATP and right now I, I would have been you know at the regional or I'm, I could have been at the majors by now I graduated in 2019,
0: so <laughs> you're, I was, you're not exaggerating too much Now, I mean yeah. that's something Mike and I are always pushing on people yeah if you're wanting to be a professional pilot college is not needed anymore as a matter of fact mm-hmm. you're hurting yourself financially yeah. financially right. if way, you go to college yeah
2: yeah the way I did the math so I'll put this in perspective for everybody Okay. Is every year that you wait on the back end, you're losing hundreds, millions of dollars. So it's like, you oh, have yeah. to, right now you have to retire at 65. So the longer you wait, like I'm 23, I still have plenty of years. But let's say it took me four or five years to get all my ratings and now I'm like almost 30. That's four or five years in the back end where I lost 300 grand, 400 grand, 500 grand. When you did the math, yeah. you lose up to like $2 million in salary the yeah. longer you wait. So- Makes you sick
3: yeah right? <laughs> so that's, get in that's, and get it done man you yeah, know
2: mean it's 75 grand 100 grand but what's 100 grand to a million on the back end
3: yeah yeah nothing. yeah and imagine what those contracts will look like you know when you're you know in your 50s and 60s i mean yeah it's gonna be crazy so yeah. uh help me understand again so you're, you're okay you're about to take your instrument ride and then they're just going to spool you. What You'll go right into commercial then and then multi? Or what? how does that all go?
2: So once I take my instrument check ride, ATB has what they call a crew. And they basically send you and another instrument rated pilot all across the country and just building time. So it's for 35 hours. They'll just send you and another pilot. And basically it's under the a hood. Yeah, yeah. One's under the hood and one's the pilot monitor. And you're both building time that way, but they're essentially getting like free labor out of you because they use it to reposition the planes all across the country. But That's it's cool. Sometimes you know you might like my roommate uh, got airlined out to Dallas from Centennial, and then they flew from Dallas to I think Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Tampa and Tampa back, and they you know they just rip you all around the country just flying, building that time. And oh, this is gets,
0: genius on their part because they have the need to move their machines around to the different schools or whatever. But you gotta get that 250 hours before you can get to that school anyway. So everybody's winning. That's that synergy yeah. again. I'm starting to like this yeah. ATP company more. Yeah, smart, yeah,
2: smart. Great, I My instructor said he flew up and down the California coast for for two weeks. You know, so you might. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah you might really cool. into like flying from Centennial to Nebraska to. Kansas City and back. You might have to do one of those, but I mean, who cares? You know, it's still fine. But uh, yeah, so after you do that, then that's when you go into commercial. And commercial is only about 20 something days. Like it's less than a month where you do commercial because you already pretty much have the time. Like I, my total time is at 169 right now. And I started the first 78 hours and I've only been flying for two months. So you're cranking out hours. So that's great. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it's a lot
0: of time. Yeah, the commercial yeah. is really probably the easiest certificate. I mean, mm-hmm. it just comes with that huge footnote of needing 250 hours to get it. But yeah. I mean, yeah. once you get that, and whatever the cross country, and I mean, it's that's a three day thing. I mean, you can mm-hmm. it's check ride prep and boom, it's done. It, you know, yeah, you got to take like, that written. Well, There's a written, but
2: yeah, and that's another thing to be they they require you to do your. Commercial written before you start commercial. And they also require you to do your FOA and FOI. Okay. Before your commercial. So you have to do three writings basically within one month. So once you pass your commercial check, right. Then that's when you go off to CFI Academy. They have specific locations across the country where they do that. I believe it's uh, Ogden, Utah, Arlington, Texas, Mesa, and uh, Jacksonville, the headquarters. And I think they might have in Georgia, I'm not sure, but they'll send you to one of those locations based off your region. Um, they kind of like divide the United States like this. So they'll okay. send you to whoever. So I'm probably going to go to Ogden. I might go to Mesa, but most likely okay. Utah. Okay. And do yeah. that for two weeks. Right now, the program, it's the only thing I don't like, it's extremely backed up, but it's not ATP's problem, it's DPE shortage, you know? yeah. Oh, like, yeah. they There's too much people trying to be. I don't want to say too much. There's a a bunch of people trying to become pilots right now. The DPE number hasn't changed, or actually, it's went down. They said in like before 2020, it was like 1,300 DPEs. Now it's like 800 something.
1: Oh wow!
3: Yeah, it's it's went down
2: drastically, and you know, because all those
3: guys got flying jobs. A lot of them. I know two DPEs right now. One's guys flying a, a Falcon 7X and the other guy just got a challenger job. He's just like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I,
0: I looked at getting mine. That was one of the reasons I renewed all my CFI stuff. I'm like, this would be a nice little side hustle, you know, go make 800, a thousand bucks on a weekend. Um, but it was, they need the, the requirements are kind of strict for somebody who's got an actual life. You got to have two years of current instruction time on your back. And, uh, you know recent instruction time in the last two years and I don't know I don't you know who has time for that Yeah, right yeah and the other thing is for anybody that's watching Jamal's rattling off all these written tests he's got to take you know the FOI that's fundamentals of instruction you know that's one of the tests you got to take for the CFI you know there's every one of these certificates has a written test but Jamal, I'm sure you've already figured this out that these government tests, it's nothing to stress about, because once you figure out how to take these tests, they're they they're pretty simple, right? I mean, it's 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 not even so much a uh, actual learning of information or soaking up knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's more of how to pass the test type of thing. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, Yeah. It's memorization, right? That's all it is. Uh, yeah, I watched a video on a guy that has like his doctorate degree. He's a lawyer and he's a pilot. And he, he, he even he said it, when he was taking those medical exams to become a doctor, he was like, it's not even about learning it. It's just <laughs> learning how to. He was like, you'll learn, what you need to learn in your degree program and on the job. But those that standardized tests, you just need to pass it, and get to the next level. Right. Because that, if you start stressing about that, now you failed it now you guys take it again now it's on the record and it's you just gotta learn how to take the test
0: i think it's just like some kind of baseline uh barrier they put in there to keep the extreme dummies out you know mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> yeah. figure this out we don't want you over here flying airplanes you know so
3: that's yeah. <laughs> uh that's my. i i have a great question about that so you know there there's one of the big things that you hear when people talk about ATP is uh, you can wash out, right? You can spend all that money and then they can say you can't hack it. Uh, so that's first part of the question. The second part is uh, th- there's a base thing that they charge you, but if you need extra training, it could be more than that. So first question is how many people wash out? Really, uh, realistically, and second is is that seventy five grand they're charging you the real price, or do most people go over budget? You know, on Ooh, that
2: that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's a great question. So you can one hundred percent wash out the program. Since I've been here, I've known four people
3: that are no longer in the program. Uh, out of how many? How many are you involved with people?
0: They just um, didn't I, get it. I mean, what? Uh, hold,
3: hold on. Four out of is there a hundred people there at the school, or thirty so people at the location? How many? 70. 70. Okay. okay.
2: Well, that's uh, not too many. I, well, Personally, I, there might be more, but me personally, I've known four people that are no longer in the longer
3: program. So, in, in, that, in your opinion, were those people average intelligence or were they not working hard enough or they didn't take it serious or what? Uh, different reasons.
2: Um, my first roommate, he it was in his private, and I think ACP is just too much for private. They want, because like for me, I'm an instrument. I already know how to fly a plane. I know how everything works. I know the book work. Now I'm just learning how to do the procedures and how to fly, not breaking rules. So, but in private, they're teaching you everything. And they basically want you to learn how to cross country flight plan in like two days. And it's insane. You know, it's, it's a lot, but that's of course what you signed up for. But right. that, I feel like what kind of got him was They're, they're, they're crushing the you, fire know? hose, right. a fire yeah. hose of everything. fire hose and, get right or get left, you know, like he's good on the, the ground knowledge, but it was just the, the task saturation in the cockpit, you know, I feel like that's what kind of got him because you don't have much time to understand why you're doing what you're doing, like VORs, and you know, all that, you don't know what is, what do you mean by to the station? Like, I feel like those things kind of like got to his head and they evaluate you every kind of milestone. Like there's a solo evaluation, cross country solo evaluation, you know, everything, night evaluation, And so he failed the solo evaluation once and a cross-country one twice and they pulled the plug. So, OK, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, pulled the plug on that. And then another guy, he just quit. I think it was just too much. I don't know the reason why he kind of just bounced. Um, I know another dude, he was an instrument with me. He said it was just too much. He really wanted to understand everything. and he just was having trouble with the ground knowledge. I remember we were doing the ground and he was, he was just having trouble with like, like, you know, the the comms, the IFR comms, like clear the ILS five right, maintain VFR to establish and you know, all that stuff. Like He just had talking like the craft clearances and that stuff. And I guess he tapped out. Um, another buddy of mine, ATP was kind of playing with him as far as giving him a check right date. Like me, I'm only on week one of waiting. For a DPE, but he was three weeks in waiting, and he requested an instructor change because an instructor kept on saying he wasn't prepared um, after making like one mistake in the flight, and kept on pushing it back, and he never got endorsed. So he asked for a new instructor. ATP wouldn't give him a new instructor, so he's like, "Hey man, I'm done. Peace out. You know, I'll go do it on my own."
3: So. Gotcha. So, so his career is not necessarily over. He's just going to go a different route, maybe. Yeah, he's he's
2: from Colorado. He's from Denver, so he. Yeah, I don't think
3: you have an issue. Do Do you get a sense that some of these, and this is just a thing I'm putting together in my head, like you are so focused on this. This is what you've wanted to do your whole life. Everything since uh, high school has been focused on this moment. So you're you're taking it extremely serious. Are there people though that like? their parents are going to kick them out of the house unless they do something and then they're just like, go learn to fly a plane and they don't really yeah. care that much. You know what I mean? It's a-
2: Absolutely. There's people here and it's kind of, you know, like, um, it's, it's reality hits when you realize that, you know, everyone is not as passionate as you because I could yeah. talk about things forever. I can tell you the, the certain specs, how many, like, antennas are on the 737 and like this. Like, it's like, I love yeah. this. I'm so passionate yeah. yeah. Some people here that aren't, you know, they don't, they can't take the difference between an Airbus and a Boeing, you know, but it's like, it's insane to me, but (laughs) (laughs) you just realize people, it's a, uh, it's just another job. And, you know, this is what they got to do, which is respectable. And this is some people's college too. Like, you know, this, they went straight from high school and now they're here, they're like 18, 19 years old and they don't have, they they never really experienced anything. So. So they're like, hey, I'll just study an hour, go home and go drink, go to the bar. You know, they just they just this is their college, you know what I mean?
3: But, right, right. So the guy that those guys that washed out, um, they don't have to pay the whole seventy or hundred thousand, right? Would they only have to pay what they did or are you in it for yeah. the whole loan? No, no.
2: You oh. only pay what you use, but it still sucks because you're paying a pretty penny to be here. So
3: yeah. you know, you just end up
2: only halfway getting through your private but you owe 30 grand
3: okay
2: expensive you know they right you're paying for like the resources and i feel like you're paying for the name that's why it's so expensive you know you're you're getting simulators you're getting the g1000 all the aircraft for like 2020 or better you know that's what you're paying for
3: i got you so now you're not that totally done with it but do you think that that is a real price that they give you at the beginning or do you think there'll be a lot of extra training with that
2: yeah top on that so yeah It is the real price, but it's not – it's the actual price, but it's not realistic in my opinion because, like I said, if you fail at eval, you're going to need extra training. They require you to do extra training. So, I mean, just as long as you don't fail and you don't get behind the program, that is the actual price.
3: I see. see. The moment
2: you start you know, needing extra help and you need to go up again, that's when they're going to hit you with the the charge outside of, of the program.
3: Okay. Is that common? I mean, guys need an extra training. Is that common? or?
2: Um, I haven't seen it too much. Okay. Um, um, when you're waiting for a checkride and you're door starting, they give you a proficiency flight every week or every, like, 10 days or something like that. They give you a free Fresh. flight. Fresh. Yeah, because so, it's bad right now. At Centennial, like, man, some people are waiting, like, a month for the checkride. ride Because oh, the DT is, like, backed up like it's not it's nothing atp can do it's just swamp you know Centeno is already busy as, as it is there's like 10 flight schools out here each have like 70 students like there's a whole bunch of people learning how to fly here and then you got uh BJc uh, uh Rocky Mountain Metro and you got Colorado Springs you have you know everything out here Fort Morgan and Fort Collins just Everyone's training hours is booming. So. so
0: are they keeping wow. you moving on the next thing uh, while you're waiting for a check ride or are you just sitting there in a that's, holding pattern?
2: Yeah, that's that's what I say. That's the down part. That's the only thing I don't like about the program right now is I'm just blowing yeah. the time right now. I'm trying to study every single day, keep myself refreshed on top reading every day. Remember my acronyms, you know, staying fresh on approach plates and make sure I know what these mean on the loan route chart. Like every day I try to at least look at something. Right, uh, just to get the juices flowing. Right, but, and then you could get in the sim whenever you want. So the sim is is done being booked for instruction after like eight pm. So you could go in the sim at like nine at night, ten at night, and go crank out
3: some approaches. Oh, that's cool.
2: Whatever,
1: nice.
2: for free, and they don't. Have that.
3: Huh? Okay, cool. gotcha. Okay, so you, you you're gonna you're gonna get your instrument. We'll do the commercial. We talked about that. Then you get into the CFI program at one of those designated locations. That takes a couple of weeks based yeah. on DPE availability. After you get your CFI, then then what happens?
0: They offer you a job there or something, right?
2: Or Yeah, you- not offer you a job to finish the whole program.
3: So, 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 yeah, there's the multi then, right?
2: Yeah, you've got to come back and do your commercial multi. Once you do commercial multi, then you go into your double I and then your MEI. And that's all, the rest of the program is in a multi after you come back from CFI. And it's 25 hours of multi that they're, you're paying for. It.
3: So That's great. Okay, so they, they claim, right, that takes a year and a half or something. But I guess, is that longer now with the problems with the DPE? Yeah, absolutely. I
2: know some people that have been in a program for like a year and they're told nine months in the beginning. Um, it sucks, but... Yeah, it's, I can't even vouch for it. It just sucks. But like I said, it's so nothing.
3: It's, what do you estimate it's going to take you from start to finish based on what you're seeing since you you had a private how how to to I, get your done with the I, program?
2: I, 7 months for me, between like 7 and 8,
3: maybe nine, Oh, okay. That's because cool, I, not bad. Winter,
2: Like the winter is out here, but they they tell me five they told me 5 months down on on the outline.
3: I see, yeah.
2: Realistic because if you follow the outline exactly how it is yeah it's five months but dpe availability like because i'm flying every day that's not the issue i'm flying every day building the time studying every day getting my writings. that's not the issue but
1: yeah
3: yeah dps so then once you're complete with the program is there an interview process to be a cfi there yes yeah you, you
2: they already with, know you
3: though i mean yeah i
2: think you go to um, it's called indoc and that's when they like basically like say make or break you. Know, I guess if you don't do well at NDOC, that's when they like hey we don't want you. But after you finish your instructor raise in the program, you email them and then say hey I'm interested in the job, and then from there they'll give you your options.
3: And then that's when you're you're trying to get 1500 hours, right? Yeah. So you're and and how are guys just killing it? The instructor are they getting tons of hours there? Oh
2: yeah, the the regional league guy I flew with, um, he he's my age like he's 24 but he's like built like he's i would never guess he's 24 but uh he started the program. he's like i started when i was your age i'm like what do you mean your age like he's like, i started when i was 23. i was like how many hours do you have now and because when he said that he's the regional lead so i'm thinking like you must have a whole bunch of hours and everything But yeah he started when he was 23 finished the program in five six months and now he's at 1200 hours, <laughs> hours. and he's 24 he's my age like one year later he's uh, he has 1,250 hours, and he's the regional lead. You know, he was the lead before. I, he has all this stuff on his resume to where I'm pretty sure. When he, and he's going to Spirit. He already has his little – I don't want to say little. That's kind of disrespectful. But he has – you know. Wow. He, he has his program with Spirit, so he's going straight to the A through the 20. But so Spirit awesome.
0: Spirit is coming in and ear-tagging you guys before – and probably some of the regionals oh, yeah. too, before you're they're even done. You like
2: 700, like oh. $760 they're getting you. Uh, Frontier wow. – Get you um with, with your private you can apply to frontier with your private or no you can apply to frontier with zero hours and they'll get you in a pipeline
0: holy uh, crap
2: wow i didn't so know is that was going connect- on
0: oh my god well uh, that's worth the price of atp right there you're yeah, that's getting the a guaranteed job at a at a mm-hmm. one of those you know a discount carrier and an airbus uh, as a yeah. private not even a private yet
2: and they pay wow. you like I have a couple of friends out here in the, in the frontier program. They give you five hundred dollars a month. Then once you're instructed with the five hundred dollars, they start giving you thousand dollars a month, and that's basically your sign-on bonus. So your sign-on bonus is fifty k if you just know go apply off the street. But since you're in the cadet program, they give you that money in the front end, and then whatever you don't use, that will be your sign-on bonus. And your
3: contract- wow! So you're, you're- going to be able to knock down a huge chunk of your student loans just from your sign-on bonus, probably. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah, you don't have to worry about your loan pretty much throughout being a
3: whole so does ATP have deals with all kinds of they uh, regionals and stuff too yeah everybody
2: uh, there's they have connections with every regional airline every major airline like every pretty much um 135 cargo operation like everything like down like plain sense uh everything like it's what yeah yeah it's, anything you could think of pretty much the only ones I didn't see they have is like net jets and flexjets. Those are like the two carriers that they don't have any connections with. But right. if you want to go for, uh like, I think they have one with, like, Thrive and, you know, a couple other ones out there. I can't think of, like, Jet Links. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, they have a whole bunch out there that are just like, hey, we'll get you in and everything's streamlined. And, so what's yeah. your
0: plan? Have you, uh, have you thought about uh, what path do you want to take? Are you leaving it open or what?
2: And I want to – I really want to get into – Corporate aviation. That's yeah, nice. <laughs> I like. Like I thought of. I thought about going to the airlines just because I love big jets and I love, and like you know, going to Paris and you know all that stuff. But there's something about corporate aviation, where it's, especially working on the ramp and then also being out here in Centennial, where it's booming. And you know, they're right. like, oh, every dude. day, these golf streams, Globals, citations. Like that's all you see every day. Right. And it's, these guys are like. I don't know, it's way cooler it's just so much cooler <laughs> i know I'm i glad.
0: asked this before but I'm, I'm just the program you're in does what happens if you get through your commercial because mike and i have done this whole skip your cfi thing it's one mm-hmm. of our yeah. you know, most popular videos we did two of yeah. them actually um what happens if you get your commercial and you're like all right that's it i'm out see ya. are you, you do are you already too deep into working on your CFI at that point? Or is that the break point? Is that a break off point?
2: You could break out wherever you want. The only thing is, is where ATP gets you. They, you. You have 50 hours of simulated towards your rating and only 150 hours actual. So once you get your commercial, you don't have 250 total. So that's going to be hard for you to get a job. But they play it right on not charging you because it's less when you do training simulator. But you don't have 250 hours total time until you finish your the whole program. So it's kind of hard to you know leave and get hired anywhere.
0: If oh, not. I
3: see. Because of what Sean brought up, how they mesh them all together. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. But now, you
0: have a commercial pilot certificate.
3: Yeah, you. but I said
2: that kind of wrong. You have 200 total time, 50 hours simulator time when you get your commercial.
0: Right. So but you, you have a commercial pilot certificate with an yeah, instrument can- rating. Yeah, you don't have a multi-engine rating at that point.
2: No, no.
0: Okay, all right.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Are you if at 200 total 250 total time?
1: Well,
0: it just depends. You know, one of the you know you you could end up in the right seat of a King Air or one of these you know small jets or something, but you need a commercial multi-instrument. You know, you need that multi-engine time. Yeah, yeah, multi-engine rating.
2: Yeah, you get the multi-after CFI. So they kind of strategically...
0: Oh, I see you. Yeah.
2: I got yeah. you. I call you. Yeah, they make it just so if you leave at a certain point, you're going to leave with the crucial...
0: No.
3: Now,
2: okay. this
3: is part 61, so there's no restricted ATP, right? Uh, don't you have to be in a 141 program for that? Yeah. So. I, wish, I wish we'd get restricted here. Now, isn't there something with you, though, because you have a four-year degree, you can qualify for it or something? Uh, it has to be aviation. Yeah, oh, aviation-related...
0: Or uh, if military, there's RATP requirement. It,
2: it, yeah, they get those iterations for military hours, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway. it's, yeah, they, they, they placed the program out, but yeah, my whole goal was, man, I really want to go corporate. That's the goal. I don't care what I'm flying, but of course my ultimate goal is getting that g 550 freaking <laughs> East. Like I, I went and go toward one when one up, they're telling me how they could build their own three-degree glide slope. They can put a dot on the runway in their plane and create their three-degree. So they don't even really need anything. And then right. they have uh, you know. EVF to land, or it's the enhanced vision sensing, some, something like that, yep. to where FAA can permit them to land in zero, zero visibility minimums. I was like, what the heck? Right? That's
3: crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a great town for corporate aviation, too. I mean, there's so much going on there in at, at yep. Denver, man.
2: Yeah, that's... it's coming out here. It's it's growing. I see it in front of my eyes. That's why it has me so interested. The airlines is cool, but the way I look at it, it's like uh, bus driver, <laughs> so <for> limo driver. <laughs>
1: right.
3: <laughs> I hear you. I'd
2: rather be this guy. You know? I'd rather you know
3: be with the millionaire.
2: millionaires flying on their jets.
3: Man, man. Well, look, man, this was just – jam-packed full of advice you're really yeah. helping a lot of people Absolutely. by coming on here i mean Absolutely. this is uh, uh this is there's I, i'm sure this is going to resonate with a ton of our viewers really i mean it, uh, we really appreciate yeah, you coming on
0: by far it will record on record longest podcast we've ever done but every bit of it was i it wasn't like we were sitting here talking about i mean this is all good information uh, yeah. one one last question Unless you're yep. about to say something, Mike.
3: I was going to say, uh, and then, you know, the funny thing, we'll tell the viewers, when I reached out to you, you had already watched some of our videos oh, before yeah. you started in flying, right?
0: Which I thought was yeah. amazing. I, I
2: mean, <laughs> it's of two years. I'll be honest. Like, every video <laughs> I'm watching, <laughs> the notifications on, just because the, the best podcasts, in my opinion, are the ones that give it to you real and raw, and they just yeah. sit back. And they, they don't, you know, they're – you guys I don't look at you guys as influencers, you know? Right. You guys are like pilots doing the job. It's not like day in the life and come along with me type videos. Like I don't, right. I don't care what you're eating for breakfast. Like, I I wanna know like what the <laughs> job
3: uh, gotcha.
2: I, perfect podcast for that. Um, another good one that I, I watch is like the twenty 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 one oh five some twenty something like that. It's it's yeah. a good podcast. They yeah.
3: And make sure you tell them about your channel and what you're planning on doing with your channel.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna link it in the description. Anybody wants yeah. to check out Jamal's uh channel, it'll be down below here. But uh yeah, what, what is what is your plans for your channel?
2: Yeah, so my plans honestly, I just want to just see let people know that it's real, that you could do it, and it's not impossible. And especially people coming from where I come from, you know, come from South Florida and I you know minorities where they don't really see being a pilot as something tangible. Uh, right. That's not my channel. So people can reach out to me. Uh, so I, I don't want to be an influencer. I'm not that guy on Instagram. That's, you know, right. In the cockpit all the time, like uh, I forget that, but yeah, that's why I really, everyone, I just want to help people see the vision, you know, because that's what I struggle with. i struggle struggled with seeing the vision and podcasters like you all have, me see, like, hey, like, these guys, like, actually make it happen, like, uh, yeah, like I said, the whole, uh, which, which video was good, when you guys were talking about, like, when you went on a trip and you're riding
3: on your scooter, like, oh, um, yeah,
2: <laughs> I gonna do that, like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, basically to be on vacation, like, so. My
3: wife thinks I'm a dork with my scooter, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's
2: that's what I want to do, so, yeah, that's our creative, you want to go check it out, it's uh, Jamal the Pilot, and i I only plan on updating you all on the channel for like once I get my instrument, you know, once I get my commercial. See if I just stay focused on the training because YouTube is a huge distraction in training.
3: You know. Oh, I bet. I bet. We yeah. gotta let him get back to it, man. Yeah, I
0: know. Yeah. Well That you kind of <laughs> answered my last question. Oh, Your yeah. He's got right. the board behind him. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you at ATP right now? Uh, no, library. Okay, yeah. you're at the library. Well, my last question, you kind of already answered it with what you're planning to do with your channel is, you know, if you had like, you know, one piece of advice to give to anybody out there that's sitting there, you know, thinking like you were just saying, oh man, this is, that's out of my reach. No way I could do this. You know, what, what do you tell that person? I, but uh, it sounds like you're already going to be doing that with your YouTube channel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it would just be, it's your biggest, you know, roadblock is yourself. It's, it's all up here. Like, everything's mental. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything is hard in life. You just gotta have that mentality, like, hey, like I'm a beast. You know what I mean? Like you just gotta yeah. go do it. Once you change that mentality of thinking like, hey, the, the best job I could get is working on the ramp. The best job I could get is airport operations. This this don't like you just start limiting yourself because nobody is saying that you can't do it. You no know, one's you know saying you can't be a pilot. And that's why like I said, I struggle with. It. No one told me I couldn't be a pilot. I just thought I couldn't do it. So once you start changing what's up here. You'll go know, so far. And I I love to watch motivational videos. And it's so true when you hear like some of these like Navy SEAL guys speak. And they're like, it's all David like,
3: Goggins.
0: Here. David Goggins,
2: yeah. Can, you know, who, uh, who's gonna carry the boats or whatever David Goggins yeah. says? But like it's all it's all here, dude. Like just change just change your mindset. It's not you're not dumb. It's just you gotta think better. You gotta clear your mind up, you know. Start yeah. hanging another, another thing is hanging around people with like-minded, like-minded people, you know? Like my my best friend right now is uh, at ATP2. His name's Shane. And we talk every single day. And that's pretty much like my closest homie. I've had plenty of friends in college, but that's the only one that we have the same goals, same ambitions, and same passion. And when you're bumping heads with someone just like that. It's like, i will take you to the sky. You know? Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I yep. like that, Jamal. I like that. that whole, who told you you can't be a pilot? You told yourself <laughs> that. Quit it. Yeah, I mean that's it's,
2: so true. It's crazy. Like even in your private, it's like it's all mental. Like all the saturation, tax saturation in the cockpit, is saying you can't maintain altitude, maneuvers. Like I can't do this. How do I grease the landing? I keep on floating. It's all mental. Like you just gotta like just do it. You <laughs> know, like, just do it, man. Just just shut up. Stop doubting yourself.
3: Do it. I like awesome, it. awesome. Well, that's a perfect. Uh... Perfect inspiration to leave on, and and let's try to do a follow up. You know, as you get finished with the program, and 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 you can update everybody on where you're at, because uh, I'm sure everybody's going to really want to hear that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Eric. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's huge for me. I'll be honest, being on this podcast is it's
3: insane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, you awesome. for coming on and
0: sharing your story. This has been great.
2: Yes, yeah. sir. Well,
0: hang in
3: there, my man.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, and I appreciate you guys bringing me on the show.
0: All right. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Next week, uh, we're gonna, we will have more interviews coming up. I know we were talking about it, the F sixteen guy coming on. That is definitely coming up. Uh, but we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us.
3: Bye bye.